Welcome to the Capable Collective Podcast, a place for women who want to ditch the overwhelm and learn to run their business with ease. I'm your host, Ellie McBride, and I firmly believe that as women and non-binary folks, we work best as a collective. So together with my expert guests, we are sharing the tools, systems, and ethos behind a simple yet thriving business. This season, we will be talking all about making great content. From your website to social media, my guests and I are here to help you create content that attracts and engages your audience. Episodes drop on alternate Wednesdays, so make sure to subscribe to catch everyone. Ready to dive in? Let's go. Danny is a launch copywriter for digital-based entrepreneurs. She writes high-converting sales pages, email sequences, and launch campaigns, helping entrepreneurs create the sales, impact, and freedom they vision for their business and their lives. As a previous professional athlete, her competitive side brings in wins and shiny results for her clients and members. She's lifted business owners past many six-figure launches and knows that connecting readers through the words you write is what can truly bring your funnels to new heights. I am so excited to have Danny here. I have been on her email list for a while. Um, <laughs> and Danny's emails are always packed with personality, which is a phrase that she uses. So that's probably why it's coming to my head. She's a copywriter. I followed a few copywriters and I just haven't found like anybody that made me feel like not only can I use my own voice, but that the resources that she provides are so easy. Like that makes it makes it feel less big and scary and sticky. And I love it. So welcome, Danny. I'm so excited to have you here. Oh, hey, Ellie. Thank you for the kind words. I am so pumped to chat with you today. Are you ready to just jump into the rapid round? Oh, yes. Let's start with rapid fire. I'm into it. All right. So where are you from? I'm from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Fantastic. And what are your preferred pronouns? She, her. All righty. And tell us about how you started your business. Oh man, I think a lot of trial and error <laughs> to say the least. I, you know, I was very unhappy in the corporate world and I just knew that there was more out there. And so I discovered like this whole online world deal. And I first got started, I remember with a $35 blog post. And my mindset was that if I could get, you know, if I was able to get one person, that one person to purchase for me, I knew that I could find more people and I knew that it was worth uh, kind of running with it. And that's exactly what I did. My my business has definitely changed and pivoted since then. Like I don't write blog posts anymore. I don't do websites or anything like that. I just focus on launch campaigns. But it was a it was a very kind of um, neat transition from how it started with that one small blog post, and I kind of ran with it from there. Very very cool. And so I know I kind of touched on it, but I don't think we've talked really much about what you do. <laughs> so did yeah. you want to fill us in a little? For sure. So I am a something called a launch copywriter. So I help digital entrepreneurs write unboring launch copy or very personality packed, like you mentioned, so they can convert more students into their online programs. So their like memberships, courses, uh, digital um, digital products, that sort of thing. Yeah, that's really really great. Yeah, I've bought your um, email closer. That one email closer, and it is. Freaking fantastic. I use it all the time. That's awesome to hear. The nice thing about it is, well, to be fair, I don't launch like super constantly, um, but I get to reuse it 
it's right. like it's it's just the value of it's amazing. Oh, well, that's great to hear. All right. So tell me a bit about what you love about your business. Ooh, okay. I I mean, I think the obvious reasons, like I love being able to have a business for like the freedom of time and like the whole income opportunities and you know, like the reasons why many of us quit our nine to five in the first place. But I think there's so many other like hidden things that I love being in business for and like being actually valued for my talents is huge. Like I've never had that feeling in previous jobs before and the ability to be creative every day. And, you know, I'm able to write for such cool brands and helping them make an impact too. being able to give a voice to all these amazing and transformative entrepreneurs. So lots of, lots of reasons why I love, um, love what I do. Yeah, I totally get that. I think that that's a huge part of what I love about what I do too, is on the other end, I is helping such amazing businesses get their online presence like created. Right. And it's, right. And it, it's such so a good. neat like ripple effect uh, because you help that one person and they've reached that many more people too. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of neat when you look at it that way. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So one of the things that I like to talk about on this podcast is like what help we as solopreneurs kind of have in our business. Cause there's sometimes this myth that like everyone does it on their own and whether you have staff or not, everybody has some sort of help, whether it be at home in your personal life or actually in your business with contractors or staff or whatever. So I'd love to hear about what help you have in your business to help it run. Yeah. I love that question because I am certainly not the person to say like, look what I created by myself. I am always open to admit that I need so much help. Um, I actually, I'll I'll say I hired my very first VA the same day that I got my first big project because I knew like, I personally, I don't like tech at all and I knew I needed help. So I wasn't the person to try to um, just take it all on myself. I'm always looking for that help. So saying that I have, um, I'm also going through like a kind of fun growth phase. So things are shifting a little bit, but I have a designer and video editor, a social media manager. I'm currently hiring like an OBM integrator and a customer service person as well. And then I also have a business coach too, to kind of help oversee all the plans. That's really, really cool. Those are a lot of really important roles in your business, having people to help you with your content, social media, admin slash tech, and then an OBM like I used to work for an OBM. It's the dream. Like having an OBM in your business is so, it can be such a big turning point. I am very, very excited to get that all in place for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the other side is obviously is coaching. I think that I wouldn't be where I am in my business without having someone to like take a look at my business with me. It's so true. And like, I, so I come from a very like athletic sports background and Mm -hmm. I grew up um, in team sports and it was normal too. I mean, we always had coaches, right. And then coming into this online world, um, it's like, why wouldn't I be doing the same? Why wouldn't I still have that coach? So uh, yeah, having business coaches has been very, very vital for my business as well. I think it's so funny because it can be really tempting to like not because it's such an investment, Mm -hmm. but at the same time especially when you're doing business by yourself, if you don't have a business partner to bounce ideas off of like all this stuff, it can be just such a like exhausting and weird to try and figure out everything by yourself. 
For sure. We get just so close to our business. You need that second Mm -hmm. set of eyes and someone who's just a little bit ahead of you and on the path that you want to be on to, to help you lead the way. Perfect. Yes. All right. And then along the same veins, I like to talk about what systems people are using to make business easier. Because I believe that women and non-binary folks should be sharing, I guess, the the guidebook. There shouldn't be this big, like you shouldn't have to go down a YouTube <laughs> rabbit hole to figure mm-hmm. something out. So do you mind sharing a couple of your simple systems? Yeah. So a lot of my like client-facing work or systems is all through Dubsado, actually. I've been with them um, since they first got started. So they help me a ton and yes, all the client facing systems and then the backend stuff. This also is part of my like growth phase. I'm now leaning towards notion, but mm-hmm. I have, I've currently been with Asana, which I've enjoyed. I, but I think I just need to something that just helps give my like creativity a little bit more opportunity. I think. Yeah. Uh, so it looks like we're going to be shifting the business over to Notion now. That's exciting. We've talked about Notion versus Asana a couple times on this Ooh, podcast. Okay. Um, because I have like my husband uses Notion. I use Asana. Okay. okay. Um, and we've had people on various sides of the board throughout the podcast. But for me, the reason I don't like Notion is the very reason you need it. I feel like it's too much of an open book. It's like I tried to play Minecraft right? Tried to play Minecraft. Mm-hmm. And it's like that. There's no point. Like there's no direction. <laughs> Too much of a, like a blank canvas. Yeah. Totally fair. Yeah. I think I'll have to just kind of test it out and see if it, if it works for my brain. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it does work for a lot of people's brains. Like my husband loves it. Yeah. Loves it. Um, and it is really, really flexible, which is great. All right. So today we are talking about impactful and ethical sales pages. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yes, I'd love to. So, well, I will say first and foremost, I, I kind of wish sales pages had a different name, <laughs> something like, I mean, just less salesy. And of course, I mean, in theory, their job is to sell, but the truth is you never actually want to sell to every person who lands on your page. You know, instead you want to only convert the right people while turning away the ones who aren't aligned. And, you know, like if anyone who is listening here has ever had a bad client, you know exactly what I mean about wanting to turn away the wrong people. Right. Mm -hmm. So this is really like the foundation into ethical sales pages, because we want to write a page that is super clear who it's for and clearly describes the transformation that they'll get and shows like the exact plan on how you'll take them there so that if all of that aligns with what they're looking for then they get to choose if they want to move forward and purchase so you want your reader to feel like they've been seen and that they've been heard and that they want to have all of their questions answered and Ultimately, you know, you want to be able to communicate all of this so that they can make that clear decision. So a very empowered yes or a very empowered no. So it's less about getting sold to and more about giving them just everything that they need to make the right choice for themselves. And that's really like my whole ethos to ethical marketing. Yeah, I really, really like that. So it's it is allowing them to determine for themselves. Um, I think there's so much about scarcity in business 
and scarcity and kind of fear tactics and all the stuff that is sort of slightly in the last couple of years starting to shift. It's no longer the norm to have these things that like almost force you into a sales, whereas now it's becoming more and more normal to let you make the right call for you and to trust as the person selling the thing that you will get the right fit if you do, like you say, and invite the right people and make it really clear. Exactly. And like ethical sales pages, they're a win-win. They should be a win-win for both sides because when we attract the the right person into our program, they're the ones getting the wins and the transformations and giving us the glowing results and um, like the glowing testimonials. Whereas if the wrong, like if we're bringing in the, the wrong buyers, they're just going to have buyer's remorse. They're going to ask for refunds. They are going to have a bad taste in their mouth about you and your, their, your brand. Uh, so really ethical marketing is just beneficial for, for everyone when we look at it that way. Yeah, definitely. Well, I, I was just thinking that there are definitely like, I know saying just the sales pages in general is kind of a lot to Yeah, there's um, a lot of sections in, right? kind of going yeah. through a sales page. So I figured page. I, could, I could go through because um, there's a few core sections that you can really allow your page to um, like shine in the whole ethical and, you know, mm. impact driven area, like conversation that we're having. Mm-hmm. So I can kind of roll through those, those sections. So the first one is just right at the beginning of your page, kind of like the headline area. We want them to be able to self-identify what that, what they're about to read is actually right for them. So again, we're not trying to sell to every, everyone. We're only trying to help that one specific person that the program was created for. So I'll give you an, an example of what I'm saying. I just wrote a sales page for a client and it was directed to women who are 50 plus and are unhappy with the trajectory of their life. And so I wrote at the very top of the, the sales page, like a, a pre-qualifying headline, it's called. Mm. So like um, before the headline, just a very small line. And I wrote um, the sentence for every mature woman who has woken up hearing that little voice inside them whisper, this isn't the life I signed up for. Now, if this is you, you know, like right away that I'm talking to you. So that immediately helps your reader feel that this is an honest, intimate sales page because, you know, I'm not just out there saying this is for every person at any age who's ever had a problem and unhappy with their life. Right. So that, that just wouldn't resonate with people. It wouldn't help my reader to feel heard. So that like headline area, I think is a really important first section to, to pull out that ethical marketing and really speak to who your program is for. Yeah. And right. Like the flip side of that is that if it wasn't, you know, if it was like a 20 year old gal reading the page and she'd go, Oh, that's not really me. All right. Don't need to really read this. Exactly. We're not going to make her waste her time. Um, and read on and her still not understand if, if she even needs to be there. So Mm -hmm. that's exactly what we're trying to do at, in the headline. Mm -hmm. So that's the first section. And then the second section that we can really look at ethical marketing is actually your about you section. And I think that this is a really overlooked area on your sales page because people usually think that the about you is just to kind of spit off our credentials and like show how smart we are. And, you know, which I think is great. We definitely want to establish that credibility, but we can also do that, do that in something like a, like as seen in banner. And I personally love using the about you section to really show off like your unique and weird personality and just share things about yourself to bond and connect with your reader. 
So typically when you think about an about you section, it's, it's more near the bottom of your page. And so if readers have already made it this far, they're already really interested in you. And they're just looking for those more like intangibles to connect with you. So it's really great real estate here is to just offer um, like or, or share why your offer is so important to you and like the impact that you want to make with it. So it's a really another good section to leverage in your sales page. And then the third one we'll go into is the urgency section, which is a little bit obvious that we, it's great to be ethical in this section because I mean, we just can't lie with false urgency, kind of what you were saying before, right? Like if the doors are closing, they must be closing. I see mini offers all the time that are saying like last chance. And I'm like, is it really last chance? Like I've seen this ad for months, right? So I think first and foremost, your like urgency is great. It does help sell, but it, it needs to be truthful. And I'll give another little tip here about urgency is that if you're looking to kind of bring in more urgency, you can actually look at something called internal urgency, which is reminding them of the, those things within them that are hindering their success rather than always just shouting about external urgency that we're so mm -hmm. used to, like the, you know, the price increase or the only 10 spots left. We can actually look at internal, like their internal struggles and the opportunity cost to your reader. So that could look like, you know, speaking to the amount of time that they've wasted at trying to learn the thing that you're going to teach or about like the headache of the trial and error that they're willing to waste um, instead of just learning it correctly from you. So there's other ways that we can use urgency a lot more ethically. Um, and so that's how you can do that in like your little urgency section on your sales page. So that's the third section. And then the last section we can look at is the, just the very end of your page too, like the, the closing remarks section, I like to call it. I find that this section is a bit of wasted real estate too, because it doesn't need to finish with like the high stress countdown timer or like a pricing table. I find that feels really like cold and distant when we finish, like close off a sales page like that. And after all, like this is an actual letter to your reader. So we want it to feel like that. So to keep it like very impact driven and ethical, I always suggest like an actual closing statement. So like reminding them why they came here in the first place and giving them that very heartfelt like, final note to them. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is just much more connection driven too than finishing your sales page with like a pricing table or that FAQ section, right? So that is the last section of your sales page, I guess, that we can really inject a little bit more about how impact-driven and, and ethical your, your whole offer is. I love that. Especially like that urgency section. There's so many times that you go and there's like seven countdown timers and they're like, there's only 10 spaces available and tomorrow the price goes up and all of this stuff. And some of those things in the right place aren't so bad, but you sometimes get to one, especially when you have them like all piled on top of each other. You're like, oh, this is, this is not for me, <laughs> at least in my case. Totally. And like an urgency does very, very much so. Like I want to be super clear that urgency does work, but it has to be used. Right. And like, if I'm trying to sell something and I'm trying to use urgency, and if I'm not actually sold on the product already, no amount of urgency is going to help. Like if you're telling me, something, there's only two spots left. Or um, if something is a great price, like a great discount, if I don't actually realize that I need it, 
no amount of sale mm-hmm. is going to work. Even if it's free, if I'm not sold on it, I, I am not uh, convinced to purchase, right? Con- convinced to opt in or whatever it is. Yeah. I love that. And like, in my case, one of the things that um, comes up sometimes is like, I had a, a client who I worked with and designed their website. And she says, the, when I designed my website myself, the first time around, still in Squarespace, but on the older version and all this, she said, it took me six weeks, six weeks to learn everything I needed to know to have a website that I didn't even love in the end. Right. Whereas with me, like it takes me two to three weeks generally to design exactly. a website and you're guaranteed to love it because I know what I'm doing. I don't have to think about things. Exactly. Exactly. So on your sales page, you could so easily tap into that and like mm. remind them you don't need to take six weeks and still not even be totally thrilled about it. So mm-hmm. that's a, a great point for some internal urgency. Yeah. Bringing that example out, hopefully that the listeners can think about the things that people have said to them and their own, mm-hmm. your own clients, your own people that have done your courses. Like people talk so much about the transformation, but there's also these other things too, right? These yeah. things that are kind of not talked about enough. Yep. All right. So I was wondering if you could talk to us a little bit about some tools and resources people can use to make impactful and ethical sales pages easier for them. For sure. So I think the the 101 of all of this is actually research. And I, I can't preach research enough. And I know it kind of sounds boring or like uncool, but it's the number one way to write great copy. And like, I won't start writing a word until research is done. Because mm-hmm. when you can understand like, what your audience on a very, very deep level and not just like the surface level, um, the name 2.5 kids, that sort of thing. I, I don't mean that. I mean, like actually knowing the words that they're saying and the things that they're thinking and the reason, like the reasons for their choices in relation to their problems. That's exactly like the magic behind high converting and ethical sales pages. So that's really like my, my main one. Uh, but I will also say too, for like another little piece of advice here is that just remembering that, yes, I mean, there's formulas and there are rules that apply to good copy and sales pages, but at the end of the day, like we can't ever forget to just simply be a human on our sales page. You know, yeah. people connect with people and like, yes, they're investing in themselves and yes, they're investing in your, your offer, but really they're investing in you as mm-hmm. their guide. You know, I can think of many courses that I've bought into that I had like a whole array of options to, to buy from, and they were all pretty similar, but I bought the course from the person that I resonated with the most. Yeah. So this is really a huge part of marketing that we can't forget is just very simply to be human as well. Yeah. And I was actually talking about this recently too, not so much with sales pages, but website copy in general, because I think it can be really easy to get lost in the technicalities of what you think people want to hear. Like I did that for so long in my business, I would write blog pages, blog posts and stuff. And uh, for those of you who don't know, I have a degree in biology and community health. So I wrote them like lab reports. It was horrible. Mm. <laughs> they were horrible. And now it took getting that out of my system to learn to do better. Like I don't regret those posts because I had to practice to get more into yeah. my actual tone of voice and communicating in a way that people actually would like to read. Yeah. And it, it's so true. And I think that's why a lot of people actually struggle with writing in the online world because we're taught one thing growing up, like think of just education. It's very like the essay format, very formal. 
Uh, this is how you write, you know, no contractions, that sort of thing. But then when we come to the online world and we kind of need to forget all of those rules because they don't transfer over and people want to um, connect with, you know, people and like how we would actually talk with a one-on-one conversation. Uh, so that's really, and, and that's why, you know, it makes sense. That's why it's so difficult sometimes writing online. Was it you that says to keep like a list of your isms? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I do have the isms. Oh my goodness. That's awesome that you remember that. Uh, so yeah, just like things that you like say all the time uh, or things that are just so you to always have um, kind of in your back pocket. Like I have a, mm-hmm. a notes going of like all the things that I say or like uh, stories that I want to share, that sort of thing that I have. Yeah. I actually have started that because of you. I have it on my phone and it's like all the little things that I realize I say all the time or that I hear yeah. all the time or just something weird that's happened to me that I know I might want to write about in my newsletter. And I only started that because of you. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. Cause then when you get down and you're writing, you can kind of refer back and like, oh, maybe I could layer this little piece in somehow. It is a, it's a really handy tip and kind of negates that whole like blank cursor syndrome, that sort of thing. It just helps you write a little bit more freely. Yeah. And I think like if you're from Texas or something and say y'all, like your copy should probably say y'all. That in. Right. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, I totally, totally agree. All right. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. I think that that is going to help a lot of people because sales pages can feel like such a like a, a big undertaking. And if you need more help with your sales copy, like please check out Danny. We'll give you some resources mm-hmm. for that a little bit later in the episode, but just like you will not regret it. So um another question I really like asking people because I think business feels so like sometimes so lonely and so feeling like we know what other people have been through in business can make things feel, I guess it it makes business feel like we're in it together more. Yeah. So would you tell me a little bit more about your biggest mistake or learning experience in business? Yes. I think I have a lot of them that I could share with you. I will, I'll kind of dig into my most recent one. I had a nice little blip in my business recently. And it happened, I w- I've been doing like a, a migration I wanted to do. And it was about six months ago that I started this, actually probably even more now. Um, and I really haven't spoken about it too much because I've still been very much in the weeds with it. I think I'm finally out on the other side now. And I'm happy to share this stuff because I, just in hopes that it really, it helps other people too, right? Exactly like you said. So realizing that we're not the only ones here making mistakes. <laughs> But so the, so the point of, well, how this mistake started, I was, I was actually trying to do a migration, like an email migration. I was wanting to downgrade from ClickFunnels and ActiveCampaign, which I actually quite liked, but I wanted to move to an all-in-one software. And my goal was to have everything in one spot and most importantly, be much more cost-effective, which is not how it worked out at all. The migration went awful. And it actually ended up costing me, Ellie, probably about 12K this summer that, yeah, that I was just not expecting. It wasn't in my budget. Like I had had to end end up hiring out so much extra help and contractors. And I will say it wasn't even because of, obviously the money was a huge hit, but it was actually like the customer service aspect that I was really bothered by because I was having just a ton of glitches. Uh, it was just a customer service nightmare, my nightmare, excuse me, nightmare. Um, <laughs> people weren't getting their, like the right passwords. They weren't getting the right emails and it, it, it was awful. 
And so, and, and I will say too, like it, I think it was just more or less a one-off. There was just a lot of glitches going on with the software and the CEO even ended up reaching out to me. Like, this is how high up my ticket went. And we were voice memoing to finally get to the bottom of this. And mm. we did, it, it was just quite, quite painful. Uh, so I had been, I've been kind of going through this whole mess for the last, like I said, six months. And now that I'm, I think finally on the other side of it, I can definitely start to pull out. I mean, there's endless lessons from all of this. Mm -hmm. And I think the most notable one is that you, like me, I'm saying you, obviously I'm speaking to myself, you, like we need to do the research ourselves and really understand what software and what decisions are best for our business and not just be influenced by what other people say they think is going to be best for you. Yeah. You know, know what nobody's going to be looking out for your business but you. Um I think about like for example the the Zapier people are going to say that Zapier is the best. The Trello people are going to say the Trello is the best. Same with Notion and Asana like we were just saying, right? And yeah. they probably are all great, but we need to really just understand what works for you us and our brain and our business and making those decisions best for ourselves and not what other people say. Yeah. And I think that's a really fine line to walk because it's, it kind of goes not against what I kind of talk about a lot, which is that you don't have to figure it all out on your own, but there you're right in the sense that there is no one size fits all approach. There is nothing that is like because I I've worked with like almost every tool in my tech VA system days. Um, or at least at the time, there's always new ones coming out. And I know ne- I didn't always recommend the same tool to people. Even in my web design work now, I don't force everyone into acuity if acuity mm-hmm. isn't the right tool for them, right? I think learning to talk to the right people who are going to talk you through different systems and not force you into the same system. Totally. And and I agree too with how you're saying that we don't want to do it all all of ourselves. It is kind of contradicting, but I think about Um, Like if I was to go in for surgery in real life, I'll probably want a couple different doctors' opinions, right? So it's Mm -hmm. it's the same sort of thing as just being open to hearing other conversations and asking around and getting all the info you need prior to making these big business decisions. Yeah, definitely. It can really come down to getting the opinion for what you, you know, asking somebody, what do you use for this? But then researching it and seeing and and trying almost all these tools have a free trial. Use the free trial and use Use the free. I think that is the great advice out of everything. Use the free (laughs) trial before you make any crazy moves. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was migrating over. It's tough sometimes too, because some things you don't know till you know, right. And I'm migrating Mm -hmm. over like several thousand people on a list. And once I started and realized how bad I felt like I had kind of made my bed and needed to sleep in it for lack of better terms. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just, at that point was a little bit handcuffed. Um, so yes, if I did a little bit more research prior, things maybe would have went a little smoother. Yeah. But I think that's the thing is to be the type of person who's running a business, you sort of have to be optimistic. Yes. And so, and some, and you have to be putting your trust in the universe that things are going to work out. Yeah. Like for example, I've outsourced, I have at at this phase of my business, I have five people working on various parts of my business. Some of them are temporary contracts, but like, I just have to trust that I will get that investment back. And I think I will, um, I've Mm -hmm. got a plan, but it's one of those things you just trust in the universe. And so sometimes 
you're going to, yeah, these things aren't going to work out because not everything can work out. Yep. And I do think I got to the other end of it. Um, even knowing that I had the CEO in of the software in my dashboard, you know, I feel mm-hmm. great about that now. I know things are rolling now. I've had so many hands and um like designers and like back-end people in my dashboard now that I'm really happy it's probably better than it ever could be. So I do think that there's a bit of a silver lining in everything for sure. Ah, good. That's really good to hear. All right. So are you working on anything exciting right now? For sure I am. So I just finished up the launch of Sales Page Prep School, my coaching program to help entrepreneurs write their own sales page. So working through all the members currently right now. And my next big thing is I have a offer to help people, help entrepreneurs weave in more personality into their sales pages. Cause that's another thing. Maybe they, maybe they don't need the step-by-step help in actually writing it, but they, they have a sales page that they're just not happy with because it doesn't sound like them. So that's kind of the next thing that I want to help people with is learning to infuse more personality and just more of them into their sales page. So I have a product coming up called the sales page personality punch up. So that's currently what I'm working on. Yeah. And you'd email that like a little bit of a teaser for that and a sign up for like mm. a wait list for it. And it looks really, really cool. Oh, great. Great. Something I might have to keep my eye out on. <laughs> yeah, that's really exciting. So if you're looking for some more personality in your sales page, by the time this episode goes live, I think that product will also be live. So take a look. And Danny, tell us where people can find you. For sure. So if you want a little bit more, like right now, I do have a freebie right now that you can check out to help with that personality. So you can go to offers.dannypage.com slash personality dash poppers. And that has a, like a handful of little tips and my sort of tricks to weave in some personality onto your sales page to get you rolling. And then to find me, I hang out on Instagram the most. So my handle is dannypage.online. Fantastic. And I will make sure both of those end up in the show notes so you can find more of Danny there and all the goodness that she has to offer. Thank you for having me, Ellie. This is such a fun chat. It has been a really good chat. I think it's going to help a lot of people. So thank you for bringing your wisdom. Anytime. Thank you for listening to the Capable Collective podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and have gotten value from it. If you did, please subscribe on your chosen listening platform. And if you happen to be listening over on Apple Podcasts, please take a moment to leave a review. It helps other people to find and trust this podcast, and it would mean the world to me. This episode was edited by Emily Crosby Media. She's amazing to work with. And if you are looking to start a podcast or for some practical media solutions, definitely check her out. Thank you so much again. Have a great day.